why didn't we put in a bid for Bader Field? <laughs> I think we're more legitimate than Pipe Dream Development Group. <laughs> it's possible. Howdy! It's Tuesday, September 5th, 2017, and this is episode 55 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Uh, it's good that our Maryland Terrapins won a big football game. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was definitely a bit unexpected, at least for me, but I will take it, especially on the road in Texas against a ranked team. Yeah, shouldn't have been ranked, but whatever. We don't need to worry about that. They were five and seven last year, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I definitely like wore Maryland stuff around for the last couple of days, even though I'm totally fair weathering them and don't really pay attention much beyond that. And you know, when they lose in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be like, mm, I didn't follow it anyway. It's fine. <laughs> but for but now, take, it, take yeah. it while you can. Yeah, I mean, you pay the tuition, you go, you get a degree. I think you. You can't call it fair weather if it's actually your alma mater. <laughs> I mean, you kind of can. Nah. It sounds like you're fair weathering it. Oh, yeah. I'm fair weathering it hard. I'll own that. I'm fine with that. I mm. used to really care. Like, I used to really follow the, like, recruiting and everything. That's just too much work for college sports. Like, I can't spend so much time caring about, like, what some 16-year-old is going to decide. It's too much. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to go that deep into it to follow, like, the recruiting and all that. Don't you? No. Well, it's all or none. If you if you want to, I mean, if you really want to get into it to that level, though, I'm sure you could just talk to our friend Dave, who, for those not in the know, ran a big Maryland sports blog for several years and worked on it for several years before that, so. Yeah. No, I just read his Twitter feed, and then if anybody outside of that asks me about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, and just parrot whatever he said. And then I sound like a genius. <laughs> Why follow it when other people can do it for you? And that is the first time that anyone has claimed that by sounding like Dave, you sound like a genius. <laughs> uh, poor Dave. Dave takes some uh, some crap on this podcast, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know. Does he? I think we're pretty easy on Dave. No. Nah. We said he wasn't going to come last trip, and he came. So, mea culpa on that. Oh, man. So harsh. Yeah. Sure, that kept him up at night. <laughs> it did, until he booked his trip. He uh, finally, he was up all night, and then he finally clicked that <laughs> button. He was like, book, done. The button of emailing you and saying he's coming, because <laughs> right, there was no actual booking to be made. Yeah, because he drove, and he didn't actually book a room. <laughs> or he stayed with you. Yeah. Perfect. Uh. All right, so before we begin, Craig, I want to go over some uh, housekeeping. Oh, so what I, I see on our show notes, we have a, a listener email from, from Nick to talk about. Uh-huh. So I have, a, I have a question for you, and you can tell me if it's a good idea or a bad idea. And if you say my suggestion is a bad idea, we may as well just go over it at the beginning because I've already brought it up. But, um, you know, my, my wife is officially beyond 36 weeks now. And I will probably be out of commission for a little while after the baby actually comes. 
So I was wondering if you think it's a good idea that we can solicit some input from our listeners for questions or comments or whatever about Atlantic City that they think we can answer. And then we can try to do that in a couple weeks. And that will give us something we can post while I am on hiatus. Do you think that sounds like a good idea or not? Yeah, I like it. So that is... And we can we can roll Nick's uh, question slash complaint into that episode. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So we're totally leaving Nick hanging right now. Right. Which hopefully he understands. Uh, I, I do have a lot of thoughts about... So his emails about the reservation system in Atlantic City. And I have lots of thoughts about many properties reservation systems, which we can go into in a future episode. Yeah, I think that's good. So send us some emails. You can, yeah. you can email us at doforawin at gmail.com or just tweet at us at doforawin. Um, or there's also a contact form on our website, doforawin.com. So reach out to us however you want and send us some questions or things you'd like to answer or just topics that you want to hear our opinions on. And we'd love to give them. And like I said, that'll give us something to be able to put some out or some content out while I am on paternity leave from do for a win. <laughs> yeah. We offer a very what's our, nice what's our policy, Craig, by the way, very to, nice family oh. leave policy. Uh, so this is what we, we, I say we, I'm not actually in the journalism field. Uh, this is what is called evergreen content, Kyle, mm-hmm. because it is not date sensitive, but right. So that's what we're shooting for. So yeah, send us questions, send us complaints, thoughts, things you want us to talk about, and we'll yeah definitely cash, send them in the next couple out. weeks because, like I said, uh, the baby can come at any point. So yeah, yeah, you're at that time where it's like you know yeah. you could wake up tomorrow and have to rush to the hospital. I am not ready, but nobody's ever ready though. The baby does not care if I'm ready or not. Yeah, it's your second. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm. Yeah. Nothing seems as important as the first one. I guess one other thing before we jump into the content that you have so expertly laid out for us to discuss. Mm-hmm. Did you know that it was three years ago this week that the Revel Casino closed? Uh, I did not know that, no. Yeah. It was, well, the last day of the casino was Labor Day in 2014. Wow. And... It has not reopened yet. It's had many, many dates set that it was going to reopen. And right. yet, here we are three years later. So, who would have thought three years ago that Atlantic City would be on the rebound and Revel would not be open yet? That would. I mean, that just sounds insane to even hear me say it right now. Yeah, but all it takes is one very... One, one obstinate owner. Yeah, very eclectic obstinate owner, and that's what you get. All right. So, so I think we can take that to segue into some of the content we have about yeah. said <laughs> obstinate owner. Yeah. Um, we got the first two stories are about yeah, our, our buddy. To, to, some, to some extent or, or another. So I guess the first story we have is that four bids were submitted to the city for Baderfield. Um, if you've listened to the last, uh, AC story podcast by press of Atlantic city with, uh, Nicholas Huba and your fellow university of Maryland journalism school alum, Aaron Serbico, uh, they talked about the bids that were put in. Uh, and one of the bids was from our good friend, uh, Glenn Straub. 
who wants to have put an airport back on Bader Field again. Uh, What do you think about that? It seems totally preposterous. I mean, (laughs) there is an airport in Atlantic City that's underutilized. So what we need, I think, is probably not more capacity for, you know, flight arrivals and departures. That doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, I don't. I, so I, I don't know the history, and maybe this is something better that you might know better than me, or maybe we can talk to someone who's who's local and, and knows the history a bit more. But, I mean, that can't take commercial flights, right? No, it's, it's got to be. It's just people flying their prop planes in. Yeah, it's got to be. I don't really see why that's necessary. I mean, the Atlantic City Airport is not right in the city, but it's reasonably close. It should be fine. I mean... You should be able to land there if you are a private pilot. I mean, I don't know if they charge exorbitant fees or anything like that, but I don't know. I just don't don't see the upside of that plan. So, so for you, you know, you could get your your pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Seems like a minor hurdle. Mm-hmm. Then fly out of College Park Airport because there uh, there's an there's, airport there. I think that's closed. Oh, but... that's disappointing. Uh, there, there are several airports right next, right near me. Yeah, I mean, there's one so, in Laurel, so actually, I think it's technically Maryland City, and then there's another one. Oh yeah, there is one in Maryland. Down 198. City. So, yeah, so you can fly out of Maryland City, go straight to Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Probably faster than driving, I'm gonna guess. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the bridge traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> I don't see any downside, Kyle. So you should be fully supporting mm-hmm. Glenn Straub's plan, Baderfield as an airport. Yeah, and yet I'm not. So. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why you're not. Uh, something else that was talked about on the podcast were that the owner of the Long Island Ducks, who also, I believe, used to own the Atlantic City Aces. Surf. The Surf. Oh, uh, the Atlantic City Surf. Yeah. Sorry. So put in a bid to basically reopen it as a minor league baseball stadium. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a baseball team. The surf. Mm-hmm. It didn't do great. Obviously. I don't think it lasted all that long and they closed up shop. Uh, I think they were in the Atlantic league. So, I mean, personally, I'm a big baseball fan. I love to watch baseball. I think minor league baseball is awesome. Just like, going to a game, drinking cheap beer, hanging out. Actually, used to work at a minor league baseball stadium uh, in Bowie, Maryland, <laughs> but uh, nobody cares about that. So I personally, like having been out there and waiting for an Uber at Iron Room, which is directly across from the stadium, uh, Sandcastle Stadium, just staring at it, I was like, I want this to be open and to be a baseball stadium again. So I guess the question about that is whether or not Sandcastle Stadium is actually a part of the Baderfield lot or not. So it seems like this bid may be totally irrelevant, right? Like if the stadium is not even a part of Baderfield, then they could split it off and sell it totally separately. Is that? I I think it is, though. I'm pretty sure. And by the way, I looked it up. The Atlantic City Aces were the minor league hockey team. Oh, nice. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I need to find an Atlantic, Atlantic City Aces jersey. They're probably from like 1910, right? Because it was the Boardwalk Boys no, no. was the more no, recent one. No, no, no. It was, uh, it was uh, as of a few years ago, I think. No, the Boardwalk Bullies were the more recent team, minor league team. 
Well, we can we can figure this out. Yeah. All right. Before the end of the episode, you will have your answer, Craig. Yeah. So, I don't know. Thought, do you want a baseball team there? Do you think it can work, I think, is more importantly than whether or not you personally want it? <laughs> so, I, I think they mentioned that there's been interest from multiple parties about bringing a baseball team back. But, by by all accounts, it was a failure the first time. And I just don't know. I mean, that doesn't seem like the best use of that space. I mean, I don't know. How popular do you think a minor league baseball team could be in Atlantic City? It's a good question because I think I think it's gotten more popular in the last few years, just minor league baseball in general, just as an activity that's cheap and something to go do, especially because I think some of the stadiums have gotten more interesting. Like a, for a while, they all looked very generic and it wasn't very exciting. It was just, you know, a very utilitarian thing like the one in Bowie. I don't know if you've been, but... Uh, I have. I'm pretty, yeah, pretty confident we've I, been together. <laughs> me and you went to a Bay Sox game when Manny Machado was there. Yeah, and he looked awful. I think he went like 0 for 5. Yeah, but, I think he did pretty bad. Yeah. That guy sucks. He'll never be anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like those, it's funny because that stadium looks very similar to a bunch of other minor league stadiums, but then it seems like within probably now 20 years, like, <laughs> so not that recent, but. Yeah, like Altoona has a very nice stadium. Uh, Aberdeen in Maryland has a very nice stadium. I don't know how where Surf Stadium stands up to any of those. Probably not great because it's older and falling apart. I don't know if it's falling apart, but it's in need some, of some serious work. And just looking at it from the outside, you can see that it needs some serious work. Uh, but I think that as a sort of cheap family experience, minor league baseball has gotten more popular. I don't have any data to back that up. It's just sort of my guess, uh, which is how I do things on the do for win podcast. But what I'm really interested in is like the economics of minor league baseball. Cause it seems really odd the way that it works. Like how does a team that draws only, you know, a couple or a few thousand people a game make money in the long run. And especially if you're not affiliated with the major league team, like up around me, there's a, independent Can-Am League team. There are actually a bunch of Can-Am League teams around here. And, like, nobody goes to these games. I mean, they get a decent crowd. They sell, like, $2 beer, $3 beer. I guess they're just not play- paying players anything, and they're using college stadiums and random stuff. So so that kind of stuff, like, obviously they're making money or they would fold up shop. But it does make me wonder if with an existing stadium with presumably – you know, either no lease or totally fronted money where you don't have to worry about, you know, construction or paying the city a bunch of money over time. Like maybe it's viable financially, even without drawing big crowds, but I don't know what the sort of minor league uh, atmosphere is like down there as far as competition. Like, is there a bunch of stuff around? I know that there's Trenton is a Yankees affiliate, uh, but that's still pretty far away. So I don't know what else is down South Jersey. I mean, obviously people in Philly are going to go to Philly's games and probably not drive to Atlantic city to see a minor league game, but there's certainly a lot of people East of that, that might be interested in going to a baseball game. Yeah. But if you want to bring in those people from outside of Atlantic city, wouldn't you want, I mean, wouldn't it be better if it was in like egg Harbor or something instead 
so the one thing that I was thinking about was actually the opposite of that. Not an egg, uh-huh. egg harbor, but to if it was on the boardwalk. <laughs> uh, because that's what Coney Island is. Like, uh-huh. Coney Island Stadium is totally walkable from anywhere that you would be in Coney Island. And so it's weird because you're just sort of walking and it's like, oh, there's the Brooklyn Cycling Stadium. And, like, Baderfield is not that. Like, it's out of the way. So unless there's other stuff at Baderfield that's an attraction, I don't really see people sort of saying, like, oh, well, I'm right around here. I'm going to go to a baseball game. Uh, That's probably – maybe that's not the way people sort of view sports. Certainly a lot of the data about stadium construction says that people sort of go out of their way to go to a baseball game and then they leave and don't do anything else in the area. So in that case, you know, where where it is, Baderfield, Egg Harbor, doesn't really matter. But I, I, ha- I sort of feel like you need the visibility of it being somewhere that you actually see. And, like, most tourists don't have any reason to end up over there right now. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with that. I think that it would make sense for it to be maybe all the way to one extreme or the other, but this is something where meeting in the middle doesn't make a lot of sense. So having it in Atlantic city, but not easily accessible to tourists probably isn't the most sensible thing they could do. Yeah. So I think it only makes sense if the price is really cheap, which it certainly could be. And maybe that's why there's interest for multiple parties is because they see that it's cheap. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll find out when we see the dollar amounts thrown around. Uh, so who else is involved in this? We said four bids. Uh, so another one of the bids, uh, was by pipe dream development group, which they did not have a lot of information on. Uh, and it's, and the fourth bid was from Baderfield development LLC. I don't remember them talking about that. Yeah. So that's, Uh, that's the group that wants to do some sort of mega entertainment complex. Uh huh. Um, with like racing and concerts and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, okay. So here's my question, right? Like, why not just make that? So it's right down the street from Stockton, right? Mm -hmm. Why not just make that mixed use, like mixed use residential commercial? Because none of these bids... Isn't that the most sensible thing to do with that property? It seems like, yeah, it seems like there's this sense that it's going to have more value to the city than that. Like it's going to be some cultural hub or like some really valuable thing for the future of non-gambling Atlantic City. Yeah, but non-college Atlantic City. Like I don't know. a nice mixed-use place would be incredibly valuable to the city right now. Like they don't really have that. Like they have, sure, the walk is like a nice commercial area, but like like what nice residential areas do they have Gardner's basin maybe, but I think that that would be something that would bring a lot of value to the city. I mean, it's not as sexy as, you know, racing or baseball teams or an airport, but I I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of developers out there. They all could have bid on this property. If they thought it was a good idea, they would have done it. So it's probably not a good idea. But to me, it just seems like something that makes kind of the most sense. 
Yeah, my, my guess is that those types of developers right now in Atlantic City are eyeing property closer to the boardwalk because there's a lot of that still. I mean, granted, a lot of it's zoned in a way that you can't actually do what you're talking about with it. Uh, but I, I do think most people who are looking at that kind of development want the best location possible. And so, you know, if they can't be on the boardwalk, they probably don't want to be out here in, in Bader field, but I don't know. I mean, it's probably more, it seems to me without being down there that it's more feasible, that that would be something that's more feasible and more, uh, easily like an easier sell than any of these other crazy ideas. But it seems like the city and apparently now even the state sort of have this idea that, you know, it's going to fetch this crazy amount that, or maybe not even a crazy amount, but it's going to be this crazy big thing that's going to drive a bunch of tourism and get people excited about some other non-casino offering. But obviously the example, similar example is like all the districts uh, up around the inlet or all like the big development district around the inlet where CREDA is basically withholding that and saying like, no, this is going to be a mega resort. It's like, okay, but while you're holding it out, while you're holding out hope that this is going to be some mega resort, it's just sitting there languishing and being nothing. And it feels like similar stuff is happening with Baderfield. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, at some point, like, is it more valuable to just land than if someone bought it and did something crappy with it? Like, built an indoor skating rink for example or an empty baseball stadium like yeah maybe but it's a point you have to do something with it right i don't know well if I you mean, it's a, if if your goal is at some point you have to do something with it then you definitely don't want glenn straub to buy it right correct yeah but i don't i don't know none of that sounds especially super interesting to me though yeah, I mean, I like the I like minor league baseball, so I, I like the baseball idea. The other stuff, like to me, the mixed use thing, like it feels like there's so much other space that is that could be earmarked for that, including now this talk about like be- the between Borgata and Harris, like Caesars MGM joint project that you know we haven't actually heard anything else about since then. Um, so I don't know. I I don't I don't think that's a great space for that. That's a little. I don't know. Small. So there, to me, the problem is like, there's not anything there right now that makes tourists go there. Right. So the casinos Mm -hmm. and the boardwalk and like between Borgata and Harris, people are already in that area. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that's drawing people to Bader field. Like it needs to be something that's a big deal to get people there. And if it's going to be some, outdoor concert venue unless it's going to really be able to bring in giant acts like well they've had huge huge concerts at baderfield in the past yeah but you can only do so many of those you know it's hard Mm. to draw that many of those and get a bunch of people there so if you're going to try to have this venue that's bringing people in every week at some point you get diminishing returns oh yeah yeah, yeah. of course yeah Yeah. there's just not yes no there's no not the appetite for a gigantic venue like that if you expect to fill it up every week. Right. Yeah. There's not 50, 50 acts that you can get there a year, but mm. I think that's probably, we've exhausted our Bader fields. 
discussion. or Baderfield discussion. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what what the city decides, and then after the city decides what they want to go with, the state has to approve it as well. Yeah. So we'll see what happens yeah, when this when the state really decides and actually makes the decision, because that seems to be mm-hmm. uh, the real decider, <laughs> right? Uh, so also Glenn Straub related is that he apparently is under criminal investigation for putting false liens on two properties owned by a woman who claims to be his ex-girlfriend. He says they're never, they were never in a relationship. So I guess, uh, he sued her for $77,000 for construction that he paid for on the properties. He threatened to foreclose. The woman says there was no, there was never any sort of agreement or expectation that she would pay them back since they were in a relationship. Uh, and now, apparently, Straub is under criminal investigation. Uh, we haven't heard much about this actually since mid-August when this story first came out. We didn't talk about it last episode because we were crunched for time. So my only real question about it is, do you think this means anything for Revel? Like, do you think that this hurts his chances at all of getting the casino license or is this just, you know, a bunch of noise? Is he even trying to get a casino license? Yeah. So as I asked that question, it's like hurts his chances of getting a casino license. Like he's not really trying. I mean, he will have to get a casino license if he's going to open it or if it's going to open with him as the owner. But given all of the, uh, you know, there's been a lot of smoke the last few weeks about people potentially purchasing the Rebel. So like, do you have any, do you believe there's any way Glenn Straub opens the Rebel up? I mean, I've said, I've said for a while that I think it's to a point where I can't see any way that he opens it. I think it's less than 5%, I think, in my mind that he would ever do it. Like, it would take... I think it would be... It's no longer his first plan. Like, I think it would take other options falling through for him to be like, oh, crap, I better open this as a casino. <laughs> I better actually finally apply for a casino license. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think that... I mean, he's going to be the one to do it. And to answer your initial question, I have no idea. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much the Department of Gaming would care about something like this. I mean, well, for one thing, it hasn't even gone through the courts yet. So, uh, you know, we haven't seen how it's how it got resolved. But B, like, even if he is found guilty, is this something they would care about? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know what meets their standard for something that they would not give you a casino license for or not. Yeah. I mean, the state is notoriously strict, but it seems like what they're mostly looking for is actually like know, ties or, to the yeah. mafia or, or like, yeah, or ties to people serious. who have ties to the mafia. You know, it doesn't even have to right. be direct, but they want to avoid that at all. I, I'm going to guess sort of like checkered business, like financial issues. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like personal financial issues are probably not going to be as as damning as, you know. Shady business dealings. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. I I think at the time, I think I found this more like as a big red flag about his potential, but potentially a casino license. But now that we're hearing rumors and it seems more likely that plan A for him is to sell, I don't think this really matters that much. No. I mean, you just wanted to talk about it because it's salacious, right? Yeah, you know me. I'm all about salacious. <laughs> you like rumors. you love the gossip columns? I do. 
that's what you're trying to make this podcast in? Yeah, yeah we should. <laughs> so I, I did look a bit more into the Atlantic City Aces, and I can find nothing about them. So it, it might have been just like some there's some big public fantasy hockey league. I don't know. And it could have been a team in that, but it was weak. I don't know. <laughs> so like not a team that on. ever actually took not, the, the Not a team, not yeah. anything. It's a good name for a team, though. It is. All right. Anyway, uh, so a bunch of news the Golden about... Knights. Yes, way better than the Golden Knights. Terrible. terrible name. Yes. Anyways, would you go to a game if you're out in Vegas ever again? So I would say yes, but I know that when I'm actually in Vegas, I'm going to be like, "Why am I wasting two and a half hours here?" When they're what if they're playing the Caps? Yeah, I mean, it, if it was an excuse to get to Vegas, I would do it. Right? Like if that was like, oh, I really want to go to this Caps game in Vegas. Like, sure. But if I but just like, let's just say you happen to be there, and the Caps happen to be playing, yeah, I'd probably go. Mm. Yeah, but that's the only case you think you would go. Yeah, I'm not going to go watch them play like the Florida Panthers or something. I kind of care about that. <laughs> I like mm. hockey, but I can watch hockey in Newark. I don't need to go to Vegas to do that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, a bunch of stuff is opening and/or closing sometime soonish. Uh, I guess the first and most surprising to me, at least, piece of news that came out this week is that uh, Dusk closed on Wednesday. Dusk, the nightclub in Caesars, um, which, I don't know, for me, that's that's pretty surprising. I mean, it's always kind of been a, a fixture of, of Caesars up on the second level of the casino. Um, I've never been to it, nor would I have necessarily gone to it for any reason anytime soon, but... It's just been a thing that's always been there. It seems like between that and Providence, it's been a lot of turnover in the nightclub realm in Atlantic City the last couple weeks. Um, you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's end of summer. Obviously, Labor Day just happened, so it seems like it's kind of end of season closings, figure out what we're going to do next season. And Dusk is there for eight years, which seems shorter than I remember, but I guess that's... So I guess it must have been really new when I started going mm-hmm. to Atlantic City. Uh, and it seemed much more popular when I started going. Like now, we talked just a couple episodes yeah. about how we never hear about it anymore. No. Definitely, I remember when we used to go. Like if you're anywhere in Caesars on Saturday night, you would see the line to get into Dusk. Yeah. And certainly the last few years, it has not been like that. So Right. So, so I'll link to the Press of Atlantic City article by Claire Lowe. Uh, apparently it was independently owned and operated, so not actually part of Caesars. Mm-hmm. Uh, their website and Facebook ca- page are totally gone. And uh, it's interesting. There's, like, very little information about this. The company that ran it is wasn't answering any questions. Like, they couldn't be reached, at least at the time of this article, in the press of Atlantic City. Uh, Caesars said they couldn't comment because it was independently owned and operated. Uh, well, the one thing that's unclear is Retros, which was a bar right by Dusk that played, like, I guess, 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s music. Uh, and seemingly was they, – they always said it was part of the Dusk complex. It's unclear if that's actually also now closed. It's still on the Caesars website, but so is Dusk. Uh, so that will be interesting to see. That was actually weirdly a place that I had sort of wanted to check out with my wife just because, like, 
the music and everything. It seemed like a lounge version of, of Boogie Nights, at least in terms of music selection. So probably missed our chance because I'm going to guess that's part of it. Uh, but yeah, it's weird that they sort of just disappeared with almost no notice and closed and that's that. I would guess that Caesars is going to open something else. Um, I mean, to me, this Caesars should be seeing this as a big opportunity, right? To like open something more exciting that gets some more buzz, but uh, with as little as they're putting into other things at Caesars and Bally's, maybe that's hoping for too much. So do you think there's some bigger change going on with nightclubs in general? Like, no. Do you think they're just losing prominence? Or are they kind of fading? I don't think so. I mean, I th- like the pool after dark is still incredibly popular and they did a huge renovation premiere. Just, you know, they changed at Borgata from, I don't even remember what it was before murmur or, or mix or whatever the night. I think it was actually both of them are now combined into premiere. Uh, I think it's just that the nature of nightclubs is that you only get 10 years or so of lifespan before you're not the cool new thing anymore and you've got to replace it. So like Providence very much seemed like that. Like Trop basically said like, yes, this is still going to be a nightclub where we look forward to bringing you a new nightlife thing soon. This seems more abrupt and like whoever ran dusk was just like, okay, we're out. We're done. <laughs> um, I, I didn't get the, I think from the article they said that Caesars kind of told them to get out, but. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I think so. So similar. Or at least, at okay. least what I saw, I might've looked a different article than you, but. Um, Cause well, Providence, they said they're hoping to open some, something who knows if it would be called right. Providence, Providence somewhere else. Also got kicked out by Trop, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely still wanted to operate in Atlantic city. And at least that's what they said. Uh, but Trop was basically gave him the boot. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was so clear from this article, but I'll link to it, and you can read and judge for yourself. All right. So uh, another thing, the Hard Rock Cafe, which survived the shutdown of the Taj Mahal, is going to close at the end of the month. Uh, they're going to rebuild it on the inside of the Hard Rock Casino, and it's going to be bigger and employ a bunch more people. Um, I don't really have anything to say about this. Do you have any thoughts other than Hard Rock Casino survived that whole winter? Well, the whole last year, basically, without the Taj. Yeah, I can't believe it stayed open all through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the summer, like, how many people really went there at closed Taj? Uh, we walked by it. Dave and I walked by it last time we were there. And there were a decent number of people in the outside seating on the boardwalk. But the inside was just totally empty. Uh I like I I never went in, but they did have a very cool like stained glass Elvis thing on the outside that they, in the last maybe five or six years, put a big ad sticker over, so you couldn't actually see it anymore. So that was disappointing. Uh, but I mean, I don't think this really changes much. Like they're going to open a bigger Hard Rock. What difference does it make? I don't think I'm going to guess nobody had like great affinity for this specific Hard Rock space that they're going to. Uh, be mourning the loss of the hard rock in that location that it was specifically in. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it did look kind of cool. Like the entrance looked cool. I'm, I'm weirdly into like hard rock as a brand. Like, it's not like I obsess over it, but like, 
I like it for some reason. I think just because when I was like 13 or 14, I thought it was the coolest thing to go to hard rock. So like I, for, I think everyone did. So yeah. I don't know if you know this or not, but kind of my group of friends, which is also your group of friends now, but before they were your group of friends in high school, we used to uh, ride the light rail down to Baltimore city. And we go to the old power plant, which one of the things in it was the hard rock cafe. And we'd go and eat, there every once in a while when we were like 14 or 15 or whatever we thought we were cool oh yeah yeah I remember it was a cool thing opened. to do before you could drive we'd let, ride the light rail down from hunt valley to baltimore nice yeah i was so excited about it when that opened i was like baltimore got that, a hard rock that yes. espn zone right there yeah oh yeah i love the espn zone too i <laughs> i think like there were like multiple years in a row where my birthday dinner was either at espn zone or hard rock and like, awesome. and thinking that that was really like you're getting really good food at the ESPN yeah. zone, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, it's funny because I always sort of was like, I should go. Like, before, I should just go and check it out. Like, I remember when Taj closed and they remained open. I was like, I should go out of solidarity because they stayed open, um, and I never did. But I mean, I'll still have a chance to go to a Hard Rock in Atlantic City. So I'm not too I'm not disappointed that it's closing. It's probably better in the long run. I do like that you love the Hard Rock brand. Love the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, I haven't been in <laughs> at least, you know. Uh I think I went in Toronto because I was on a work trip and it was in the hotel I was staying in. That sounds right. But so that was still probably ten years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know when the last time I was at a Hard Rock was. I mean, it's fine. It's the same as any other chain for me. Mm, the it, food is generic chain food. Yeah, sure. But like, there are guitars all over the place. Yeah. You can get a shirt that says Hard Rock Cafe, Atlantic, Atlantic City. Atlantic City, yeah. Which I need in my wardrobe to go with you do my, need one of those. my Irish pub Atlantic City shirt. How often do you wear that? Still never worn it. Oh, come on, Craig. You're yeah. so disappointing. I know. Tomorrow. I, at work? I go to work? Yeah. No, they're not. Oh, casual Friday. Yeah. <laughs> On a Wednesday. Friday. Yeah, yeah, Friday. Yeah, fr- Friday. We're... Okay. Yeah, that's not going to happen. All right. There are no, there are no t-shirts <laughs> in my office. There are certainly no Irish pub t-shirts in my office. Yeah. If I had one, I would wear it tomorrow. Yeah. I think we work in different places. Yeah, that's true. All right, and so finally, uh, instead of the two closings we talked about, we have an opening. Uh, October 5th, the, well, it's projected that the Steel Pier Observation Wheel, which we've previously talked about on the podcast, is opening. Uh, it's basically the Atlantic City's answer to the high roller, but about half the size. Yeah. I don't know if answer is the right <laughs> word. <laughs> it's, it's an attempt at something sort it's, of similar. It's apropos to the relationship that Atlantic City has with Las Vegas. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I would go on it. I hate heights, but I would go on it. I mean, you're in a pod. That's different. It's safe. I went on. I went on the Ferris wheel in in Ocean City, which is fairly high. I think it's about. It's definitely smaller than the one in, than the observation wheel will be at the Steel Pier. But you could see yeah. Atlantic City, and I was really excited because we were up at the top, and I was like, "That's Atlantic City over there." looking at it look at it yeah Mm -hmm. look at how good it is it'd be really cool at night to see 
full-on Atlantic City. But now I don't need that Ocean City crap anymore because Atlantic City is going to have a big observation wheel, and I plan to go do that. Just at take night the family there every year for a yeah. week instead of Ocean City. I should. It would be way cheaper. That's probably yeah. not true. Actually, like if you want to say on the boardwalk, that's probably not true. Uh, they have those houses up on like Maine, up near Gardner's Basin, that are kind of big. They mm-hmm. they're probably kind of expensive though. I don't you, know. You could but probably for rent for sure. Buy a house in Atlantic City for sell less. it before the tax bill comes <laughs> at the end of the yeah. summer. Yeah, the so arbitrage opportunity. Yeah, right. Unless it's like a quarterly tax bill, in which case, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the observation wheel? It's weird uh, that it's opening in October, right? It's a weird time to open that. Well, yeah. I mean, they were supposed to open in, I think, like July, and then it got pushed back, and then it got pushed back, and that's. I mean, October. the steel pier is probably going to be closed, right? Because <laughs> yeah, it closes. The steel pier closes in the winter. Yeah, I don't know how. I know they try to make a go of it pretty late. Like they they basically just open depending on weather into October. But yeah, I think. I mean, this thing's going to have, like, two weeks. Yeah, unless... I mean, I guess it's that, like, hey, it needs to get set up anyway, so it doesn't matter if it gets set up now or in the spring. Just right. doesn't cost them anything extra to just have it sit on the boardwalk all winter. That's true. I mean, it's possible that they'd run it as its own attraction, but it's smack in the middle of the seal pier. I can't imagine that that's worth it for right. them. <laughs> I mean, the pods are enclosed. I'm sure it can run all winter well. long, but... I, I hear the bar does a pretty brisk business at the end of the, yeah. <laughs> the pier. So, so it's not actually at the end of the pier. It's at the f- very. It's like the very first thing that you see when you walk onto the pier. Like it's before you get to any of the rides. Oh, really? Oh, so there. Well, there is another. So that's the pub. There is another bar at the end, mm-hmm. and that was also totally dead when we went. Oh, but that's that's probably the more interesting bar to go to. Yeah, but that's not the pub. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go to the thing? No, oh, that's terrible. You go all the way to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should have clarified that last uh, last time. Yeah, so. I thought you were talking about the the bar or pub or whatever all the way on the end of the pier. So the thing on the end of the pier is like mostly outdoors. Mm-hmm. So the one that I was talking about is indoors at the very like front of the pier, like the closest to the boardwalk. Uh-huh. Yeah, so glad we could clarify that for everybody because I know people <laughs> are like, these idiots don't even know the steel pier from a hole in the ground. Well, I definitely don't because I have not been out on it. But you have no such excuse. Yeah. So one thing, I sort of wanted a steel pier shirt because I think their logo is pretty sweet. But I had already bought an Irish pub <laughs> shirt and the Little Water Distillery shirt. You didn't want to get too many Atlantic City shirts? I didn't need three pub. shirts. And then I've still, you know, got uh, some some budget earmarked for a Hard Rock Atlantic City shirt. <laughs> Soon my whole wardrobe will be <laughs> Atlantic City, City t-shirts you're not allowed to wear at work. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wear t-shirts at work. Yeah. All right. Hey, you want to talk about the Taj? Sure. The Taj liquidation sale is over. Good talk. Woo. <laughs> uh, it's all linked to an article. Waldy Diaz, Press of Atlantic City, um, basically said it ended on Sunday or it was scheduled to end on Sunday. Uh, actually could have potentially ended earlier. They deeply, deeply discounted everything that was left. And they talked about, you know, you could get a pull-out couch for 25 bucks or a lamp for a dollar, which I'm sure were in pretty rough shape if they were still there. But that's it. It's all gone. Apparently it was very successful. 
I don't really have too much to add. If you missed out on your Taj merchandise or if you wanted to totally refurnish your apartment with, you know, very, very used mattresses and, and pull-out sofas that you definitely don't want to take a black light to, missed out. Can't do that anymore. So you'll have to wait until the next liquidation sale, uh, which will probably be Revel sometime around next year. <laughs> Nothing. Not even a chuckle. Yeah, I, I actually did <laughs> chuckle, but I was muted. Ah, so. uh, you bastard. Okay. I know. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. We've reached the end of the list. Yes. Yeah, I, I have another piece of news that you didn't put on the list, but what? I thought was interesting. Okay. You, do you have any hot takes on uh, Tillman Fertitta buying the Houston Rockets? Did uh, you know? I did see that. I don't see how it's really relevant to Atlantic City, Kyle. Yeah. Come on. He owns uh, yeah man. i don't it's, know it's cool get out there expand the empire i like it you know maybe maybe he'll bring an nba team to uh to, to, to boardwalk hall. to boardwalk hall <laughs> yeah. move the rockets it could be the atlantic city rockets Ooh, they could have a an mbdl team only like 1500 miles away mm-hmm. at boardwalk hall that seems to make perfect sense yeah i don't know i thought, I thought it was cool i mean by all accounts, Landry's is a very large company, so it's not hugely surprising. I mean, despite how he, I think he tries to act like he's, I don't know, a one like a you're right one man show, one man owner that kind of yeah, stuff. yeah small, it's a, giant a smaller business owner or something, but it's a very large company. Yeah, if you're wondering about like what sort of the corporate structure of of golden nugget is go look at what all Landry's owns and you'll be like, Oh really? That's a lot of stuff. stuff. Including, I believe the jungle grill. Is that Landry's or am I totally making that up? The rainforest grill. Oh yeah. Jungle grill is something. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. The rainforest cafe, the jungle grill. Yeah. Rainforest cafe was something in college park, Maryland, which is the theme of the last two episodes. (laughs) Yeah, the Jungle Grill was a like burger and ice cream shop in College Park when we were going to school. No, Rainforest Cafe. Uh, that's Landry's, right? Pretty confident in that. Let me check the website right now. Confirmed. I've already checked. It definitely is. Uh, so yeah, Landry's owns a ton of stuff. They own, I think, McCormick and Schmick's. Rainforest uh, Cafe. Yeah, damn straight. I didn't lie to you. Uh, a bunch of other stuff. Including, you know, Vic and Anthony's, which should not surprise you because they have a steakhouse in the Golden Nugget. Uh, Morton's. Yeah, so basically any steakhouse you're going grass, to at a house, casino. Jumper. Yeah, at a casino in Atlantic City is probably actually Landry's. So, mm. like, even when you think you're supporting Caesars by Public going to Morton's, you're actually supporting Golden Nugget. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. They own a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... Very small, you know, yeah, bootstrap organization. S- small business owner looking to buy supplies for yeah. his casino. Yeah, I don't Own know. Show. <laughs> yeah, buy supplies for his casino. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but sports franchises very, very They're expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah. two point two billion dollars. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, probably not spending paying for that straight out of Golden Nugget dollars. No. 
all those sweet sweet gold nugget dollars yeah you need that rainforest cafe money if you're gonna get the rockets <laughs> that's how you make the money that's how you that make rainforest money. cafe that does a brisk business in the uh <laughs> in the trump, tr- plaza. trump tower in trump plaza yeah awesome i'm yeah, sure trump. it just completely makes how is that still open i don't know it's insane i mean it's smack in the middle of the boardwalk but like who goes there it's also smack in the middle of trump plaza if you it's at the corner of trump plaza <laughs> fair enough the, the starbucks is smack in the middle of trump plaza if if the rainforest cafe not to be confused with the jungle grill is your go-to place in atlantic city like if you go to atlantic city and you're like my first dinner my fancy dinner when i'm taking my old lady out is the rainforest cafe i want to know because I don't understand how this stays in business. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Same way the Hard Rock Cafe stayed in business at the Taj with the picketers outside and in the middle of January. Yeah. Because they wanted to buy a casino. I guess maybe maybe the... Uh, well, I guess Landry's it w- would be. Maybe they're just trying to buy the uh, the plaza. Yeah. Scoop, it's going to be the Golden Nugget. Oh, snap. It all makes sense. <laughs> golden, golden Nugget Boardwalk, opening in 2019. Yeah. When it happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Ooh, I like that. We should just start throwing rumors out yeah. until... And then anytime something happens, we'll send snarky emails to Press of AC about how we had the scoop. And, well, I mean, that's what happened with Fontainebleau, right? Like, people said it was going to be rumored that's true. to be for... Like, it was going to be sold, like, two, two three, yeah. four years, people said it was going to... Like, in the that process is of a sale. small piece of news to talk about, I guess, because it does affect Atlantic City. Well, it doesn't really affect Atlantic City, but it involves, you know, another owner of a casino in Atlantic City. Carl Icahn finally got his money that he was holding out hope for for 10 years. It's a long time. Eight years? Eight, nine. Yeah. yeah. Eight, I think. I, think, I want to say he bought in 2009, but maybe that's wrong. It might have been a little bit after that, but he's owned that property for a long time. Yeah, so he sold. He made a bunch of money. Uh, I'm sure all that money is going straight into Tropicana. Yeah. Before you know it, the Chelsea is going to be just incredible yeah. mega resort. He's a philanthropist. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he will look to give that money directly <laughs> back to the community. Yeah, I'm sure he's just going to donate it straight to, <laughs> you know, he's going to help bail, all out, his bail out the city. All his employees will get raises at the Tropicana. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Um, I don't know. So do you think they're actually going to, this is outside of the scope of the show, but so is the Fontainebleau going to become a casino resort? Cause it's certainly not in a very good location. Uh, the stuff I read about it was incredibly vague and the people who bought it, who by the way, only serviced in the last few months, like they've only been involved in the process for like a few months. So everybody who's been saying for two years, like the sale is about to be final. Like they weren't on to anything just to be clear. Uh, so when we totally take credit for mm-hmm. Landry's, Landry's buying fine. the Trump Plaza, just know that we were totally full of shit as of, you know, September 5th, 2017. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, there was sort of vagueness. I think they said they're going to finish it. They really specialize in distressed properties. It seems like a flip job. Like, it seems like what they want to do is finish it, sell it, or sit on it and sell it. Uh, because 
they're they don't seem like they're in the business of running a casino like nothing that i read about it indicated that they were planning to you know make some destination and they're going to bring everybody to this like nothing about it was talking about how this is a great opportunity to bring people to this portion of the strip or how they're going to bring in great entertainment or yeah. it's going to be an amazing resort destination it was all about like this seemed like a great business I mean, decision to buy this right now. <laughs> there's nothing there. There's nothing in that area of the strip. There's SLS, which is that even still open? Uh, like, it is still vaguely. open. Yeah. Yeah, it's still open. But what else is there? I mean, Riviera got torn down. Right. I mean, I guess the the old International, which is now... What is it? Westgate? Yeah, Westgate. I guess that's like kind of down the street. Yeah. Lucky Dragon's up there, right? I, I don't know. Part of this has been I haven't been to Vegas in so long that I've never been to SLS, though I loved the Sahara. I haven't been to Lucky Dragon, so I, I'm not really familiar with, with what is up there. You know, last time I went, Riviera was open, and we actually walked through it. Yeah. Love the Riviera. Yeah, I mean, it's a big dump. It certainly was a big dump. Well, it's it's non-existent <laughs> right now. Right. I found my Club Sahara player's card and i'm staring at it wistfully right now nice it's in the drawer right next to me cool yeah i have (laughs) a i don't have any really old crappy player's cards but you know some weird ones like what bills rebel yeah multiple rebel cards (laughs) multiple levels of rebel cards trump whatever trump one card Mm. yeah all right, I think we should close this up. Yeah, let's finish it up. It's 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 time. It's devolved. It's devolved into randomness. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, as we said at the beginning of the episode, if you have any suggestions, questions, uh, things you want feedback on, definitely shoot us an email, post in the Facebook group, or or shoot, send us a tweet, and we will get back to you in our upcoming episode of reader questions and feedback and whatever else we put in that episode when i am out on my do for a win paid paternity leave um, paid yeah oh no wait do we not is that did i not read the hr documents well <laughs> yeah no you did not read them very well at all i think <laughs> bummer yeah. always read the fine print yeah <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, you can join us at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, you can find us at do for a win or find all of our great content at do for a win.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube. Uh, shoot us, specifically Craig, a tweet at do for a win and send questions to do for a win at gmail.com. Any last words, Craig? No, just thanks for listening. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. And, you know, we'll get an episode out to you guys either next week or the week after. That's a show that if I went back and watched, I'm pretty sure I'd be like, holy balls, how did I watch so much of the show without ever smoking even like a tiny bit of weed? Well, you've never smoked weed in general, right? Never. What a prude. It's too late now, man. I'm going to be 34. <laughs> like, who starts smoking weed at 34 when they've got kids? Really, when you think huh? about it, like any, any time smoking weed before that's just wasted. Like once you have kids, that's when you need <laughs> to be like, like, the kid's finally asleep. Let's smoke some weed. That's when you should start.
when you think about You're it. You're quite a do-gooder, didn't you say at some point recently you never drank in high school? No, I didn't. You're, you're re- reinforcing our status as the coolest podcasters around. Pretty much. And to this day, I don't drink a sip of alcohol. <laughs> Especially not on our Atlantic City trips. I gotta be sober and focused to make money. That's right. 